Welcome to episode number 127, Five Star Tinning. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe and Jay. Jay Mongilla, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Pleasure. Awesome. Five-star tinning. In this episode, we have special guest and business owner, Jay Mongillo, owner of Five-star tinning. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, small business, the art of tinning, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Walt Disney and Oprah. <laughs> All right. If you're new, thank you for listening. Guys, don't forget to download it, subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. So we have Jay Mongillo with us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for uh, you know bringing us in here to your uh, your, your your business, and uh, we appreciate you. If you want to just tell us who you are, what your business is, where you're located, all that good stuff. Uh, first off, I'm Jay Mongillo. Uh, the business is located in Croydon, uh, from Levittown, Pendel originally. Uh, I'm a small business owner. That's it. Uh, we do window tinning, and that's all. Perfect. Uh, so perfect. So if you guys do, uh, where he's located, where his business is located, is actually by uh, the railroad. So if you hear noise in the background, it's a bunch of trains passing. Is that the R seven or whatever passing by us? Um, all right. So explain to us a little bit how you got started in the industry, um, and you know what made you f- start Five Star Tinning. Um, we can go back as far as ten years before that. Um, okay. The actual tinning part. Um, my aunt worked at a local tinning shop when I was younger, um, and I actually came to get my car tinted. And I happened to, they let me come in on a Saturday afternoon after hours, and uh, I was already set on doing other things in life. And this is a true story. I remember her counting the register out, and uh, she was telling the owner of the business, she said, uh, we did $17,000. Oh, and wow. uh, I said, wow, that's really good for the month. She said, no, Jay, that's what we did this week. And wow. I pretty much right there decided I was going to go into tinning. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That, and that, that was that 10 is, plus years ago. That, that was over, correct. That was probably about 14 years ago. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. All right. So fast forward, how did you actually get started? Um, so we knew you wanted to, get, wanted to do it. Now how you get, how'd you get started? I think maybe we have to go back a little bit before okay. starting the business to kind of get a precursor of what really led up to it. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So I did start the business at 22. But a lot of things led up to actually the culmination of starting my own business. Mm. One of those things was right after high school, uh, I was involved in a really bad car accident. Yeah. Left me in a wheelchair for a few years. Wow. Um, a few real b- bad decisions later, uh, I end up somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. I, I actually mm. went away for a little while. Yeah. Um, so when I was away, I really started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Uh, during that time, I made myself two promises. The first one was that I'll never go back. Yeah. And the second one was that I'll never be broke. Yeah. So I got all this time in. I'm hyped. I get released. I'm, I'm going to go be a millionaire. Doesn't work that way, people. Yeah. Sure. It takes a yeah. lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. So I got out. And I had to find a job. So uh, turns out the only place that would hire me with my record was a landscaping company. Okay. Um, so I worked for him for about a year, year and a half and stacked money. Now, I already had my game plan together that I wanted to own my own business. Um, 
one of two things, either contracting or the window tinting industry. Yeah. I know how lucrative they are, and I had a little bit of a roots planted in them two industries. Um, so what I really had to do to start the business was to build up enough funds and connections in order to even make a dream into somewhat of a reality. Right. Um, so for a little while, I worked uh, landscaping 60 hours a week. Uh, I worked for my father, who was a contractor and a plumber. And then I also worked for my uncle, who was a contractor and Tyler. Mm. So as I had nothing to do with my time, but be good and put my head down and, and work. So yeah. uh, I worked three physical labor jobs for wow. a few years. Uh, in the meantime, I was putting together my plan to start my business. At this time, I'd finally decided it was actually going to be tinning and graphics. I was going to do some stickers and lettering, and then I was going to do some tinning. Uh, never did any of those before. So I begged, bar, and stole uh, pretty much as the saying goes. Uh, yeah. Mostly begging my parents, family, friends, grandmom, uh, ex, all that. Yeah. Uh, came up with enough money to ship me out to California for a month. I went to a, an accredited school, lived at a hotel room, and they bust you back and forth uh, and got my uh, accreditation from a window tinting school out there. Oh, wow. I came home. That's awesome. Um, had nowhere to start a business. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd made a deal with my dad that if I, you know, got my stuff together, he would, he would give me an opportunity. Yeah. Not necessarily money or, or pave the way, but he would do what he could to give me an opportunity to just try and be successful. So uh, him being a small business owner, has a four or five bay garage on his property. Uh, and the only bay that wasn't for his uh, business was the one he kept all the trash and lawn mowers and plumbing supplies and extra stuff in there. So when I started the week after I came home, uh, I started asking my friends, hey, you want a tin job? You want some stickers? You want, yeah. well, well, you know, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was hit the ground running. I was ready yeah, to go. Yeah. Um, so every time I got a customer, I had to push the lawnmower out, sweep the garage, take the trash out, move the wood, place the cardboard, do the whole nine yards. It took me an hour to get ready, and then I would make a $30 sticker, and then I had to put everything back. Yeah. And that happened for a while right. um, until my dad said, hey, this is actually getting some traction. You know, three, four months in, he said, hey, let's see if we can get you a little office. So he was kind oh, enough. Okay. Um, he is a small office, not, nothing special. Yeah. Um, gave me a little five foot by five foot section. I put a desk and a computer on, and then I started my social media marketing and uh, kind of took off from there. So that's nice. really the actual ancient history of the birth of Five Star Tinning was out of my father's, uh, I don't even know, six, 700 foot square garage. Wow. Uh, so small that when I pulled a car in, I would pull one side tight to the wall and I could open the other side doors. When I was done that, because all the stuff that was around on both sides, I'd pull the car out, slide it over two foot, open up the other side of the door. And that's, I mean, it literally, wow. to tin a car now at the shop, takes about an hour and a half. To tin a car 10 years ago, first starting, took about four hours. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a grind, it was a hustle, just to be able to get to the point to do what I love to do. Sure. Yeah. And then when I was done doing what I love to do, I put everything back and yeah. sweep, you know, it, it was a whole situation, so. Wow. All right. So, so moving forward, how did you go from a point where you're just a little startup to being a legitimate business and, and running out of, you know, a rented space uh, with, with, you know, a bay or two and, and how that go? My evolution was relatively slow for the first two, maybe three years. Um, then I hit a point where I learned my business and more than that, I learned the people around me. Yeah. Um, 
when you go out to a bar, market yourself. Yeah. That whole social media boom. Mm. Hey, let's start putting something on my MySpace and my Facebook yeah. and my, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Right, right, right. Hey, when I'm hanging out with friends, I, you know, I created a brand essentially. And the brand for three or four years was way better advertised than what I actually was giving. Right. Then came the birth of my greatest idea, which was I offered a free lifetime warranty no matter what. Okay. Uh, so once you paid for my service and once it was done, if you didn't like it, which not a lot of people did, let's be honest. Yeah. When I first started, I tinted three cars my first month. Mm. All three came back probably four or five times. Yeah. I'll be real. I, I'll, yeah. I'll be real. Uh, hey, there's a bubble. There's a spot. You chip my door. There's a scratch on the paint. And it was like, you know, <laughs> I just made 150 and it just cost me 300. Right. But I built a brand before... I built a business, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, and this will go back all the way back to my previous part of life is that um, with being in recovery back then, yeah. um, one of my sponsors told me, fake it till you make it. Sure. Yeah. And I applied that to getting clean and moving on with life. Yeah. And you know, it worked really well for me. Maybe yeah. not for everybody. So then when I transitioned that same thing into my business, I literally, the first couple of years, portrayed myself as... I was the king of Tint and Levittown. Mm, yeah. Oh, you got to come to Jay Mongillo. Yeah. Oh, look what we got. I may have put a picture of my dad's garage on there. Meanwhile, we were working on a little tiny one in the corner. Yeah. But if you didn't know me, you thought it was my five-bay garage. Sure. Yeah. So it was, it, honestly, uh, the reality of it was I did a lot of faking it until you make it yeah. for the first three years. Right. So it was a slow-moving process because I had to build a brand, build a company, actually try to do what I was say I was going to do. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And you know what? Sometimes I got it right. right Sometimes right. I actually got it right. Right. And the more you do something in life, eventually you'll get better at it. You know, Absolutely. think back to your first podcast. I'm sure that wire did not go in that hole in the first ten seconds. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't the way it was. Right. You know, it, it takes absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely. And with every car I tinted, with every sticker I made, with every everything I did, I just figured out a way to really refine it. Yeah. Sure. Refine my craft. I found a way to utilize the space I had available. It wasn't ideal for anybody else, mm. but it was my space, so I had to learn how to make it work. No, absolutely. You know, I had to get my routine down for how fast I could pull that uh, lawnmower out and how fast yeah. I could sweep the floor. And make it as efficient yeah, as possible. Correct. Make it as efficient as possible is exactly correct. So how did you come up with the idea of the lifetime warranty? Um, a lot of unpe unhappy people, yeah. honestly. I mean, I again, the first let's go back to the first six months I was, I was in business. I'm still figuring out, mind you, um, if not, is, not a lot of you know, I was away for a few years. Yeah. So I'm super hyped to get out. I'm super hyped to start the new business, to get on my life, to prove everybody wrong. Mm. Right, right. Um, and really everything was, was baby steps with that. And I figured what way could I attract customers that have never met me before, never seen me, don't know who I am, mm. don't know anything about me. What in my field would attract people to want to come to me mm. being a no-name. Yeah. What do you want? A guarantee. Right. A gar you're telling me Bob's tinting down the street has a better price and no guarantee, and they've been around for 50 years. Right, right, right. But Jay's tinting down the street, they're telling me no matter what I do, what happens, even if it's wrong, they're going to fix it free of charge. And, and that kind of became my little slogan. That's, how, that's when I really started gaining traction. There was a lot of people that mad at that they had to come back and maybe fix things two, three, four times. But 
the more I gained traction in the beginning, the more people started knowing my story and you sure. know where I was at. And a lot of people, friends and family would come to me because they were trying to help me. Sure. So when I made, I don't want to say gimmick because that sounds wrong, mm. but in the beginning, it kind of was a gimmick. Sometimes it took me six times to fix a car until I got it right. Yeah. But I tell you what, the face on that person that finally got it right and says, wow, you never gave up. Yeah. Like, you took a loss on this car. Yeah. I just watched you work for six hours, and I know three dollars an hour is not going to cover your bills, Jay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when I used to subtract the material, the time, the labor, the overhead that I had, I know they knew I didn't make money. Yeah. But then it started like the belief was the next step of traction. I had my little fake it till you make it. I added the warranty in. I refined my craft, and then I established my space. Once I had those moving parts all in order. Um, the real substance of the business came. And that substance was, it didn't take me four times to do a car. It still might take me three hours, but three hours, it was now getting done the first time instead of second or third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, the word of mouth. Now you're fast forwarding about a year in. Now I have my little office. My dad said, hey, you know what? You're actually doing something. Like this is, not that it could be some big whatever, but right. this isn't, Jay's a little hobby in the garage to keep him out of trouble. Right, this right, is right. like, you're bringing money in. Like, you have customers. My phone's ringing. Jay, you might want to think about getting your own phone number because they can't keep calling, you know, and showing up. This is, mind you, my dad's house in Pendel is his house, and detached from it is his garage. So, with any business, you're going to get walk in customers. Yeah. That, hey, so and so told me you did tinning. I don't really have a website yet, so they're going to just show up. So now there's pe random people starting to show up at my dad's house, yeah. knocking on the garage door like, yeah. hey, is this tinning place open? Uh, no, there's a plumbing place, guys. Uh, and, then, and that was the evolution to the next step. Okay. Once the demand was there, I'll never forget, I was sitting on the back of my pickup truck, and my dad came over and said, Jay, I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. You gotta, you gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, because at this point I was open seven days a week. Yeah. My dad has a pool. We have nieces and nephews. My grandmother lives on the property. It's Saturday afternoon, and let's let's be honest. Sometimes not the most savory of characters want to get their windows tinted. Right, right, right. So I might have this person I've never met before that yeah. you know might not look like your right, average right, type person right. sitting in my dad's driveway. My dad and his wife are in their pool, fifty foot away, right. like. Playing on the pool noodles, like, uh, Jay, like, it's, it, it's time you get your own shop now. Yeah, 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 And then that, like I said, that was the next step on to once I knew I had to move out, then it was really making a plan for where I can go, what I can afford, and what's realistic with location. I'm still small time. I'm a right. year or two years in. Right. I can't move to New Hope. Nobody's going to follow me. I'm right. still word of mouth, Jay. I'm still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it took probably about another six months to really uh save and get the ducks in a row yeah now let me be honest eight years ago ducks in a row were like they, they just had to be in the same room right you know what i'm saying <laughs> so like, all right here's the three places that are available yeah this one's the closest this one's the cheapest throw a dart at the wall and then once i had my decision then i justified it if it made sense i, I did a lot of ass backwards yeah um but once it made sense and i said you know what this could work then i got my first shop on edge of the road in industrial park um, and that was phase two of the business. Yeah. That phase was amazing, but came with a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Because when you're late on your rent, guess what? My dad's not collecting no more. Right. The landlord is. Right. He's not going to be forgiving. Right. He's not, you know, it, you're, you're in big boy world now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, 
if you don't pay your electric bill, they shut that shit off. Right. He don't say, hey, Dad, I need 50 bucks. I got the two cars coming in later. It doesn't work like that no more. Right. You're now going, there is no safety net. There is no, right. at this point in the road, metaphorically speaking, when I left the nest to say, yeah. there was nothing to fall back on. Could I have gone back to my dad's garage? Absolutely. Would have been realistic that it would work and I ever would have grown the business to the heights that it's become now? I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, with that great accomplishment came the responsibilities. And I'm the type of person that at the end of the day, I want that. I, I yeah. want the pressure. I, I'm the guy that throw me the ball. Yeah. You know, I, I, the game's only throw me the ball. Like, I thrive in that stuff. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of rough times. Um, quick little story. I sat down uh, at the time I was dating my ex, not my, not my wife now. My ex, this is seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, Times were rough. Uh, we were doing okay. The business third year. Um, the electric bill for the house and for the shop was due. Yeah. And I sat down with Max and I said, hey, um, we're going to have electric at one place. I, we can't afford both right now. We're looking at crunch our numbers. And she turned around and said, Jay, we can eat in the dark, but you can't sit in the dark. Yeah. Let's go buy some dollar store batteries. Yeah. Uh, let's get these dollar store flashlights. Yeah. We're going to eat a ramen noodle soup on the couch with no lights, without the cable on. And uh, as long as electric in the shop is on, you can make money. Yeah. If you make the money, turn the electric on as soon as you get it. Yeah. She knew it was going to be nine months. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. even three, four days in the modern world, without electric, yeah. without TV, it's a big deal now. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, so I made my sacrifices, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's, that was all part of it. Um, and I was lucky enough to have a lot of people support me. Yeah. Whether mother, father, complete strangers said, hey, you know, I heard your story. Um, I'd rather give my money locally than to go to big box store so-and-so, you know? Right. And uh, that was really where the evolution kicked on with the traction. I now had a product that I could offer. I now had a warranty that I could stand behind. I now refined my craft. I'm three years in. I'm learning how to do stuff um, in a new space. And then I sat down and said, hey, how do we market now? Mm. Yeah. And marketing, to this day, I still don't have a website. My marketing is... 75% word of mouth, 25% social media. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We don't pay for advertising. I mean, I do some advertising on Facebook. Sure. But it's, it's, it's all social media and word of mouth. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was really, that was the second phase of the business. Yeah. So before we get into the third phase, I just want to go back to, um, you were talking about your past and your and and you know where your 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 drive comes from, and you're talking about conversations you know with your sponsor. What was a trigger for you um, in during those times? I know you said you wanted to prove a lot of people wrong, a lot of doubters. Um, that I mean that just that just fuels me up. I sure. I just get chills like oh. I hope you, you got wanna, a lot of tape because this could, I mean <laughs> this is gonna get gritty. Um, it goes back from everything from my father leaving at a young age. Um, being picked on in grade school mm. uh, to going through a lot of stuff. Um, after my car accident, I was given a lot of money, more money than most people probably see in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, as soon as I turned 18. Yeah. Just fresh out of a wheelchair, four surgeries, arm, hand, leg, finger, thumb, pins, plates, the whole nine yards. Um, I had a chip on my shoulder because... I felt like I was kind of abandoned in a certain way, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I, I wasn't in a wheelchair for two days. I was in there for two years. Right, um, right. And then after that came the money. Um, I had a lot of money, traveled to a lot of places. I'm 18 years old, mm. going across country. Yeah. We were in Vegas at 18. Yeah. When you put 10 grand on the table, they don't card you. 
when yeah, you check sure. out with money, they want to see, you know, they right, didn't right. mind us blowing the money. Right. Um, but long story short, um, I made a lot of bad choices because um, I was given that. I felt like I deserved it because of what I went through emotionally and traumatically and surgeries. But I didn't earn a cent of that money. Right, right. That money, technically, to me, wasn't mine. I was mm. playing with borrowed money. I was right. still alive. I might have been a little messed up yeah. in the head physically. But I was playing with house money. Yeah. When you play on house money, you do a lot of crazy stuff. Sure. Yeah. I ran with some wrong people. Some mm. of them wrong people are still in my life today. They got their stuff together yeah. and are my biggest supporters. Yeah. And I'm supporters of them as well. Um, but we, we made some choices. We got into some stuff that we shouldn't have. Um, when the dust cleared. You're uh, say, just hold on. Before you get into that, you're saying, just so we're clear, this the money came from the accident. The car accident. Yeah, I, yeah, I had okay. a lawsuit. Yeah. I, I was the passenger in a car that got hit head on. Got it. So I was 0%. Out of 0%, I was 0% responsible. Right. Um, I walked away with a lot of money. Um, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that money, when I walked out of jail and started my business, was 99.9% .9 gone. Hmm. I had about... $10,000 of that left. Wow. Um, but we had a house. We, we had nice little cars. We had cool stuff. Um, at 18, I was just I was immature. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, I One of my things I should have listened to my father, I said, hey, just give me X amount of it. I'll put it away for a rainy day. How are you going to tell an 18-year-old kid, sure. fresh out of a wheelchair, yeah. with a chip on his shoulder, and a bank account bigger than he's ever seen in his life? Oh, absolutely. Anything. Sure. Yeah, I didn't yeah, have yeah. to work. I had no job. I had my own place. I had my own car. I, it, as an eight-year-old me, I, I was a god to myself. Yeah, a yeah cocky yeah. little yeah. god, and I thought, "She's my mind shouldn't stink." Yeah. Because if I didn't like you, guess what? I cut you out. Yeah. And everybody wanted to hang out with Jay back in the day because I had all that money. Yeah. Um, and that's just how it was. And you know, I was, I was a very, not humble, cocky, arrogant. Um, a, a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I can own that now. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me that, maybe even four years ago. Uh, that we'd have a problem or I, I'd be a certain way. But um, I still have a lot of work to do on myself. But um, from having them trying times has developed certain character traits that I have into unstoppable forces. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we could get into 50 aspects of that. So sure. you tell me where you want to go with it and I'll, I'll lead you. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess the, the, the most... I'm always interested. Obviously, you're telling the come up, but where where the drive comes in, obviously you had a lot going on. So when you fell, basically flat on your face, where are we now? So how does how, how did you turn that negative, I guess, anger and ambition into positive ambition uh, once you're out of you know the mess? Um, a, a lot of it was spite. Some of it was anger. Some of it was a, a chip on my shoulder. Um, one of my biggest driving forces, um, this might get a little emotional, sorry guys. Um, my dad walked out when I was 12 and I remember the day after, uh, he left, he sat me on the bed and said, Jay, no matter what, always talk to somebody. Don't ever hold it in. Let it out. Don't hold that anger and rage inside you. Um, I did the exact opposite. Mm. Yeah. I had a lot of spite. I was 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, I bottled up every feeling, every emotion. Somehow I was able to uh, compartmentalize. Um, I remember the feelings I felt when I was disrespected. I remember the tears I felt when I was hurt. I remember that heart beating palpitations when you were embarrassed or picked on. Yeah. And I compartmentalized from that day till maybe even now, 
I took like little potion bottles and someone did something to me and instead of lashing out, I ate it. I put a little cork in the bottle. I labeled it in my brain what it was, anger, emotion, depression, whatever. Mm. And I put it in this little chest inside. Yeah. And then when I felt that again, I opened that bottle up and I let all hell inside, inside of me, not physically, yeah. just rain down yeah. and say, this is what you felt at 20 and now you're feeling again at 22. You're, you're never going to let that happen. And yeah. I took that fire, that, that anger, and I, I could remember it like a motion picture in my head, certain things that happened to me that I'd put away and stored because of the anger I had and was allowed to actually open them bottles back up and use all that negative stuff yeah. that I've experienced in my life. I was away for a few years. Yeah. It's not flowers and baby bunnies yeah. in there. Right, right, right. My first day in jail, I got beat up yeah. and they took my shoes. Yeah. And I had no shoes for three days. Yeah. Until somebody came and said, Hey, you want a pair of shoes to wear? Yeah. Like that's yeah. And I remember that anger, mm -hmm. that that vulnerability, yeah, that frustration, yeah, that rage and saying, You can't do nothing about it. Yeah. You're a hundred and thirty pound soaking wet kid yeah. in big boy land now. Yeah. Sure. What, what were my options? Yeah. And, you know, I, I got in a few fights. I spent a lot of time in, in the whole solitary confinement, yeah. which led to a different chapter in, in while I was away. But again, even those emotions, when I was sitting in a cell 24 hours a day for a month at a time, yeah. locked down, you can't do anything but think. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I was in that cell, I'd open up one of the bottles. You, yeah. you get bored, yeah. you get lonely, you get depressed, you, yeah. you, you cry, you fight, you, 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 your, your mind drives you crazy. And sometimes it was flat. I'd open up that bottle of rage and I'd punch the brick wall. Yeah. The only thing that happened, I had bloody knuckles and I'm still stuck in the cell. Yeah. Sometimes you open up that, that one of joy, that one of whatever. And I just kind of, just like my dad's garage, my first year, I learned how to arrange that garage to fit my needs. Mm. I learned how to arrange my emotions to fit my needs. Yeah. And when I had a rough day, I would go into that little chest and I would take out that hustle, the drive, the mm -hmm. ambition, one of them hundred different bottles and I would open it up and I would just, I was like a monster. That yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just found a way to bottle even the positive stuff and save it for later. Yeah. Um, but it all goes back to when I was 12, you know, um, and that, that's, that's it. Uh, that'll bring us to, I'm sure you've seen the back of my truck. Right. The hustle harder. Yes, sir. Your intro. Yeah, my stay humble, hustle harder. Stay um, humble, hustle harder. So, so in his shop, he has stickers in the back of his truck on his tailgate. Uh, he has this. So, so dig deep as to you know what does that mean to you? What does it represent? And, and why do you have it plastered all over? Everybody probably has their rocky speech. Their dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for me, I wanted to take that and be able to find a way to carry it day in and day out mm. everybody has their moment of strength and all power yeah i get that a lot yeah. but how do you take that and relate that to your daily business your paperwork you're sweeping the shop juggling life uh kids family all that stuff um and i'd seen it actually somewhere online years ago but it wasn't a sticker it was handwritten on a piece of paper uh it was whatever i came across it and i really liked it so the evolution of uh probably two years ago three years ago um my motto was just in life, like whatever you do in life, do it a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit harder. You might not get instant recognition, sure. but if you do something a little teeny tiny bit better every day, yeah. 1%, yeah. after 100 days, you're almost 100%, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? In yeah. the grand scheme mm -hmm. of things. So I found a way to motivate myself. Just bought a new house, 
a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, finances, business. I'm at my new shop. This is the third shop we're at now. Yeah. Um, bought a new truck. Things are going good. Um, I climbed my own totem pole, and I was at the top. I got a little lazy. Yeah. I still had fire, but it didn't come out every day. Mm. Yeah. So I took that sticker, that idea that was written on paper, and I put it in six-inch letters across my tailgate. Yeah. At the time, it wasn't for anybody else. It was for me. And to this day, it still motivates me. Yeah. My wife might be working a double, and I back my truck in my driveway every day, and you can see my truck from my front door and my window. Yeah. And I'll be, oh, I just worked 14 hours or whatever, and I'll go get a sandwich, something from the kitchen. And I look out, and I see the back of my truck says, hustle harder. Yeah. I know my house isn't finished. Yeah. I'm not where I want to be in life. Yeah. There's stuff I can do at the shop. Yeah. There's stuff I can do outside. Right. I can do a million things besides sit on that couch and whine, complain. I can do a million things other than watch TV. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have to do, hustle a little harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And that, that became my model and crew. Every morning when I woke up, I backed my truck in so I would see it. Every day when I came home, I would see it. Every time I was tired and went to the kitchen, the bath, you can see it. Then I put it on my shop wall, and then, then it really gained, gained traction. It's on the back of probably 10 or 15 other people's vehicles. Wow. We make them in little stickers. Yeah. Um, I have a guy coming in Saturday, hit me on Facebook, asked me, he said, I really like that. I like the motto. I like what it stands for. I follow you on social media. Um, do you make it in blue? And I said, yes. He said, how much? And I said, honestly, word for word, I said, if you're a true hustler, I'll know as soon as you walk in the door, it's free charge. Yeah. I want that to motivate you. Yeah. That's it. That's that's <laughs> my whole my whole thing. hustle a little harder. I've said it fifty million times. When anybody asks me about it, I say, I don't care if you pick up dog shit for a living. I don't care what you do in life. If you hustle a little bit harder every day, eventually somebody that matters will see that effort. Yeah. They'll see, wow, you know, last week he was picking up ten, now he's doing fifteen. Yeah. Last week he was picking up fifteen and now he's doing it in an hour what he's supposed to doing you know, two hours. Whatever it is. It might not have to be for somebody else. It could be for yourself. But whatever it is, if you, you could use a different word, word if you want. You don't have to be hustle. Grind, motivate, whatever. Yeah. But for me, it's hustle. Hustle something that's gritty, that's manly, that's motivating. It yeah. goes back to the music I listen to. Like, you know, uh, that uplifting, that's my trigger word for get off the couch and do something with yourself. Yeah. I don't care you worked 20, 40, 60, 80 hours. You're flipping a house, you're building a house, you're doing this, you have a kid on the way, da, 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 da. you have a podcast tonight. If you're sitting on the couch, there's time to be doing something else in your life. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. it. Hustle a little harder. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And that's really where it came from. It's taken on its own little life. Um, it took a lot of flack for it when I first put it on. Oh, you're the same old cocky Jay. And I said, honestly, it's not for you. It was never meant for anybody else. Yeah. It was meant for my motivation to see when I walk out and you walk out, you're going to see it. When yeah. you walk in my shop, you're going to see it. When you walk to my house, you're going to see it. Yeah. It was for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was for me. Um, and then it kind of became a little bit like other people that have our mentality. Jimmy, you're just like me. Your brother, just like me. The people yeah. interview, just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are hustlers. What was the name of the clothing company we tried to start a couple years ago? Five, seven years ago. Go Getter Global. Go Getter. <laughs> go getter is the same as hustle harder. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was our mentality. Yeah, yep. 
Hustle harder. Go. We are go getters. We don't. Me, Goose, and Jay. We call it. Yeah, we're the three G's. <laughs> go getter global. <laughs> That's it. We we came up with the brands. We we yeah. sat in my old shop, my last shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Till two o'clock in the morning, brainstorming, coming oh up with ideas God. the whole nine yards. But it, it's the same. If you have that mentality, it doesn't leave you. Yeah. It doesn't just enter you. Yeah. You have it. But just because you have it doesn't mean you can always use it. Right. Yeah. It's not an energy drink, you know. But at the end of the day, that is my trigger. That's my end of the day. You just put them hours in, but you still got to do. Hustle a little harder. Because yeah. you know what? There's still six hours left in the day. It means I can get at least three or four things done. Absolutely. You know? Um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, things that you use for motivation, triggers, uh, boy, things that... Boy, I could write you a book <laughs> just with one-liners. <laughs> um so, so I know uh, before, before we obviously started the show, uh, we were talking about a, a couple things. So you, so I just want you to still t- touch on them because I don't want anything. Gotcha. So explain two things. Explain Nikes and explain, uh, after that, explain the Phillies. All right. And just for, for everyone listening, I want this to be a, a learning experience or, or just a perspective for you to see the different triggers – people use to overcome yeah. right it's it's whatever adversity uh that we're kind of going through we're using these little triggers to not only get over the stuff but to remember it's that whole humble sure. thing it I humbles thought. you really fast when you hear the phillies yes, when you hear the phillies story right mm-hmm. now um so so just remember that and how you could utilize it for your own life um it, it starts off with the nikes i touched upon it before my first day in jail the first time I went, I, I went away a little bit. Um, I walked in, tiny, sick, had a habit. Um, just, you know, you see it in the movies. Yeah. Fresh fish, whatever. It's county yeah. jail. We're not talking like state prison, whatever. Sure. But there's still a level of archy to that. And I walked in with brand new shoes that I bought with money I got from my car accident, thinking I'm that young, untouchable, cocky. Yeah. And I walked onto that block like I was untouchable. And within two hours... Um, I got to an altercation. My shoes were ripped off of me yeah. uh, and taken. I, I met a couple of people in there um, that eventually helped me get them back. It, it took a little while, but got them back. Uh, and every day in there, you don't get to do much, so you get yard. And I used to literally look down while I walked my laps in the yard with my Nikes on that. I've only been in jail for a couple of weeks, and I've already been humbled more in two weeks than I have in 20-some years of existence. Yeah, 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 And I hung on to them Nikes. That was more a sentimental, emotional, like, you know, like you, yeah, ha- yeah. you have to humble yourself. Yeah. You are now not in your backyard no more. Yeah. And even sometimes I'd sit there on my bunk and look at my shoes. Over time, they got tired and worn. Sometimes I would wait and wait to get a new pair once I was established in there. And them new pairs were like, it was like a joy to me that like it reminded me every time I got that new pair because uh, my mom used to bring bring me up uh, shoes and stuff every now and then. Shout out to my mom, love you. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, she did visit me every weekend for years straight, wow. uh, every Sunday. Um, but when she would bring me up shoes, it was, you know, it just it brings you back to that place that you know either you're putting a bottle back in that uh, place or you're taking one out. And when I first got them them Nikes for my mom, um, I was so happy to get rid of the ones that. I was hurt in, yeah. and like almost like a new chapter. Yeah. But those Nikes became my little motivation through those years. Now, piggyback on that is uh, my amazing obsession for the Phillies. If everybody knows me, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, 
Go Birds. We just had a huge win. Absolutely. For all you who don't know, my voice is hoarse. I don't normally sound like this, but we screamed for six hours last night, so now you're getting this voice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I was never a huge Phillies fan, but after doing time in jail, uh, you don't get a lot of time to yourself. You don't get a lot of stuff that, you don't get activities, you don't get out to go shopping, all that other stuff. Yeah. So you find ways to entertain yourself. Some people lift, some people play chess, some people play spades. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had a TV in my cell, one of few that was on a block. Yeah. Um, and I hated baseball. It's so long, it's so boring. One guy gets up, one pitches, you know, strike. It just, it was so boring. But after the first six months in there, I got so used to it. 7.05 on PHL 17, coming back after chow, and I didn't want to do nothing else. I wanted to go in my room and follow the Phillies. Yeah. I, 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 they sucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but when you get attached to something, it yeah. gets you through rough times. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah everybody has a Phillies. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, something that you relate to that just you know kills time, gets you through to the next spot. So Phillies became my daily motivation, my daily kill time, my daily whatever. I am lucky enough that I was in there in 2008 and 2009. Well, 2007 to 2009 when they went from sucking to winning the World Series. Yeah. So for Almost two and a half years, I got to follow the rise of the 08 world champion team in my 8x8 cold hut, screaming, top of my lungs, block is quiet, Phillies just hit a home run, Blanton, I think it was like, I don't remember in the World Series, like game four, our pitcher hits a home run, and I'm screaming on the block. <laughs> it was like, dude, they think somebody's getting murdered upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, guys, it's all right. Phillies just hit a home run. Phillies just, oh, it's Jay. Yeah, he's watching the Phillies again. You know, but that's what, you know, um, and I became obsessed with the Phillies because I tell you what, 180-some games per year, yeah. three to three and a half to four hours a night yeah. was my escape from the hell I was living in. Yeah. Again, we're not talking about I was away in death boot camp, Yeah. but even when you're just sitting in a cell and there's no problems, it's boring. Yeah. I attached myself to the Phillies and it got me through family members dying in there. Yeah. It got me through uh, my brother who had his firstborn daughter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know what it's like uh, you do to have a kid yeah. um, and even your brothers and other stuff and be there for that. Yeah. Uh, I got the news over a collect call uh, that my brother uh, you know, was going to have a kid and that they delivered it and you know, I didn't get to see them. Wow. Uh, I was there when my mother's mother died um, and I wrote a ton of petitions to be able to get out uh, and then after about halfway through of my crusade to be able to be released uh, or whatever for you know an hour or whatever, even though I knew it probably wasn't gonna happen, I decided I couldn't go because what would happen if I showed up to my grandmother's funeral in a jumpsuit with constables? Yeah. So uh, I just stopped writing them, trying to write my petition. Um, and you know what I did? I hopped back on my bunk, I counted down the hours, seconds, and minutes until that Phillies game came off, and uh, I sat there by myself and I dove deep into Phillies baseball. Yeah. And I've carried that with me. Uh, you guys walked in. Mm. I'm rocking my Foles jersey with my, my Phillies hat on. Yeah. I have 46 Phillies hats. I have one Eagles hat. Yeah. It's, I love the Eagles more than anything in this world. Yeah. Like, it's my diehard team. Yeah. But Phillies were there for me. Yeah. Not when nobody couldn't be, when nobody was allowed to, like, yeah. when it was the trenches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phillies got me through the trenches right, right. with my Nikes, with my other stuff. But that I've just learned to adapt in so many ways over the years. Little things, not even in negative ways, good ways, work ways, just to really 
get through things, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's my Philly story. That's uh, ever since um, I've been uh, obsessed with the Phillies. I love my Eagles. I've been obsessed with the Phillies. I can't wait for this year. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, perfect. So explain, explain to us a little bit of how you transitioned from phase two of your business uh, to phase three. Obviously, so you guys have now, you have more of a background, what he's using or what he did use and what he continues to use as these little triggers to kind of get him through. So when he was, you know, locked up, he's using a trigger for, uh, you know, the Phillies to get him kind of through the humps or whatever. Now you're out and, and you have a successful little ramp business and you're in your, you know, your, your second location or phase two. And now what was the decision? Like I need to get a bigger... Was it the rent hold deal um, or? A lot of stuff went into it. Yeah. Um, when we gained the traction, when Facebook came around, when I was able to make a business page, when word of mouth hit, uh, when all my moving parts that I've put in place for five years straight started to work together. Yeah. Um, my shop before was, I don't know, 2,400 square foot. My shop now is 1,200 square foot. Yeah. So I had a bigger shop. Yeah. Mm. The, rent, the rent was less. Yeah. The location and the needs that my growing business had did not meet what I had. If I could now take my old shop, how massive it was, and put it on this property, yeah. I, who knows where I'd be. Yeah. Um, but I could fit eight cars, nine cars in my old shop. No right. problem. Problem is I didn't have eight cars to tent. <laughs> right, right, uh, there, right. There wasn't enough cars to fill the spaces. Right. Um, so I used that as my first stepping stone. Learn how to grow the business. Learn the ins and outs, um, per se, of running a business. I can tint. I can manage. I can think outside the box. I can do all that stuff. But running and owning a business, I'm still even finding this out today. My wife helps me on a daily basis with my finances, with my spreadsheets, with my shop, with everything. Yeah. And, and I never... I've, I've owned a business for 10 years now, and I've never known the stuff I found out three months ago yeah. via my wife and spreadsheets and QuickBooks and all this other stuff yeah. that I've done for the last few years. But <clears throat> learning back then, I knew, cool, I had a massive, awesome space. Mm. I couldn't fill it. Yeah. What good is this awesome yeah. freaking shop yeah. if I can't fill it? Yeah. Yeah. What are the factors why I can't fill it? It's not the business we're we're doing like we're we're doing fifteen percent each year increase. Yeah. Our numbers are good. Our revenue's decent. Yeah. Um, what is it? Um, and it just was the location. Yeah. That's it. It was the location. Again, if I could put that building on this property, who knows what we would do number wise right. in the summer when we have a three week waiting list to get in. Right. Um, but I moved from that shop to here, um, and a lot changed. The walk in traffic is insane it's not the best it's i, I call it my polished herd yeah um because no offense i hate this building yeah i love what i've brought it to look look over there see that picture that's how i got it yeah spray painted the whole nine yards and this is what it is now yeah um when i first started here we had porter potties for six months and i borrowed my dad's generator because there was no power to the building yeah that was just to get up and running yeah uh everything that you guys see here even though it's not amazing and brand new and all that stuff it's just got me to the next step and next this here is a stepping stone for me yeah just like the house i'm building with my wife right now yeah that's a stepping stone to the next house to the next whatever to the next phase right i'm the type of person that's not content with what i have yeah even if it looks like i'm super successful 
to myself, I'm not. Yeah. I don't have the car I want, the house I want. And it's not even money-wise. I'm not happy. Where I feel like I have so much more left in this tank. Yeah. You might think I'm running 150%. Yeah. I think I'm running at 50%. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. I... We're putting together plans to be able to build a four, five bay garage on this property, assuming everything goes through to be able to purchase it, stuff like that. Then uh, that'll take us to the next level. But the thing that got us here, uh, a few other things that happened at that shop. Um, one I'll touch on real quick. Uh, one morning I walked in and my door was sawzalled off and everything that I owned that I worked for for um, five years was gone. Hmm. I have the newspaper article hanging up in there. Um, I took out loans from my father, from other people from the bank to purchase the equipment mm. to run my business, my computers, my software, my film, my tint. Um, I had my mini bike in there. Uh, I had in everyday inventory TVs. We mm. had an Xbox in our, waiting, our little crappy waiting room. Um, was all gone. Hmm. And let me tell you something about small business. If you don't know insurance, you don't know insurance. Yeah. I didn't. I'm a tenor. I'm not a rocket scientist. Yeah. Yeah. I got me an insurance plane. All good. It did not cover, it covered X amount, 10000 for theft, 5000 for burglary. My lost wages maxed out at $30,000. Hmm. Wow. My loans and what I owed out was fifty. Yeah. And I wasn't working. And rent was still due. Electric was still due. Um, I remember talking to my dad and saying, I'm, I'm going to shut it down. You know, and he's like, oh, you worked so hard. You've been through so much. And I said, Dad, you know, sometimes you're tired of fighting certain battles. Yeah, I'll yeah. fight till the day I die to, to get where I want to be. But sometimes... There's battles that look like they're uphill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just took me my whole adult life, I'm 25, to get to this point to say I have something that I'm proud of. Yeah. And it was taken away. And because of my insurance policy, did not cover my tool rider, my $30,000 printer, my $10,000 plotter, my whatever. I was starting all over again. I had the clientele, but I had to make a choice. Was I going to start over? And I knew the answer to that was I wasn't going to start over exactly where I'm at. Mm. I'm either starting over back at my dad's house and regroup or I'm going to go somewhere and I'm, I'm, I'm betting a house. I'm betting a yeah. house this time. Yeah. I used up all my good luck. I used up all my chips yeah. to get to where I was at. I used up all my favors, all my call-ins, all my everything just to get that first shop. Yeah. Um, and I knew I, I had none left. I had yeah. no favors to call and I had nobody, not that I had nobody to lean on, but financially in business, I had exhausted all my streams of revenue, loans, stuff like that. I couldn't go back and ask for more money and this and whatever. Um, and I, I took a gamble. Uh, so in the three months that I was actually not working but still paying the bills at the shop and the house, um, I decided, let me find a location. What was the one piece I was missing that got us here? But what, what is that one little piece that could take me to another level. I'm hustling. I'm marketing. I am grinding seven days a week. I'm first one in, last one out. I'm going to uh, the farmer's market to sell $5 stickers to just hopefully make a couple hundred hours for the day yeah. to make my ends meet. Yeah. And I said, I can't do that again. Yeah. I have to focus and organize and put my pieces that were scattered all over back into some sort of manageable puzzle. Mm. It don't have to be complete, yeah. but figure it out. Yeah. Is this puzzle able to be put back together again? And I looked around and I found this abandoned shop. Yeah. <laughs> Spray painted, graffitied, windows busted out, no electric, no bathroom. Mm. And I talked to the dude. Nah, I don't want to run it. Talked to the dude. Nah, I don't want to run it. I said, look, I'll put the money in. Um, just, you got to believe in me. Yeah. Talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. And he said, look, I'll give you a shot. We're going to go month to month. 
I'm not signing to a lease because you ain't going to be able to pay it. Yeah. I don't expect you to be here for more than a couple of months. It's, what are you going to do with an old rundown gas station that doesn't have a bathroom or electric? Yeah. I said, watch. <laughs> I, I'll show you. Yeah. Five years later, we're here. <laughs> um, so I took that, and that, that my piece of the puzzle was continue keep doing what I was doing, and I needed a better location. Yeah. Building was smaller. Building was crappier. And the amenities were atrocious. Yeah. But I had a location. If I could put some blood, sweat, and tears into this building, a new garage door, a roof, heat, a bathroom, so yeah. you could use the bathroom while you worked, <laughs> not go out on a porter potty in February with six inches of stone on the ground and crap in a porter potty. Yeah. You know it's like telling your paying customer? Go around the truck, past the dumpster, <laughs> through the fence, and there's this porter john over there. Uh, let me know if there's toilet paper in it. <laughs> it don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I knew if I could sustain for a couple yeah. months, yeah. I took the checks that I got. Um, all in all, it was like 30000 from my lost wages and stuff. First, last security. Bought me a work van. Bought a new cutter. The world's shittiest, crappiest product company yeah, that I could yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I could get up and running and yeah. make this money back. Yeah. Um, and then once I did that, I got a bathroom. Yeah. We got electric. No yeah. more generator. Um, we put a ceiling in. Yeah, we. I I have videos to this day, which I can show you after this. It's raining, and there's more water coming through this roof. Than it was outside. In my business, I'm. This is my place of business. Yeah. Like, hey, nice to meet you. It's two hours for a window tent, but if their water gets in from the dripping rain, or you have to use the porta, but like, you know, like, I, it's humbling. Yeah. Um, but you just had. I took everything that I had and reinvested it into myself and the business. Yeah. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I drew. Drove a uh, 91 Ford or Eco Line, uh, what do they call the sugar molester van, whatever's. Yeah, yeah. I drove that to pick up X's on dates. I went to the bars in it. I went to estimates in it. I've done everything. I went to a car show in it to promote my business in a piece of crap rundown. What I didn't buy a new truck. Right. I didn't buy a new laptop. Yeah. I didn't buy even a fresh pair of Nikes. Yeah. I took that money and I put a roof on. I took that money and I um, put ceiling tiles in. I took that money and, you know, bought a better printer, stocked some inventory. Yeah. I took that money that I could have had a nice new truck. Like, you know, I'm not, mine's not brand new, but it's a year or two old. Yeah. I could have had that five years ago. Right. That truck is not going to make me no money. Right. It might get me a person with my name on the back, you know, stop, give a business card. But that's not going to cut my film faster or put heat in or, or keep the electric on. Mm. So for a year or two, I drove around one of them white little vans. Yeah. And people thought I was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I put up to local bars. I, I make girls on blind dates. <laughs> and like, oh, you want to go back to your house? Like, uh, not tonight. It wasn't because I was scared. because if they see my van, they thought they were probably, you know, going to yeah. end up tied up somewhere. Right. You know? Uh, so, you know, that's another humbling experience. But, um, you know, it all came full circle. You know, I, I had to reinvest everything back into myself. I'm fortunate enough, I have a wife that is more supportive of me than any person in this world. Helping with my finances, helping me when I am down and out. I've been through some stuff. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about you, I'm talking about recently. Yeah. Family, loss of friends, suicide, mm. uh, addiction, yeah. problems, and has not left my side. Yeah. And she came into this business that she knew was mine. She entered into this relationship and marriage knowing I'm a small businessman. We ain't no millionaires. Yeah. We don't make a fortune. We yeah. have a good living, you know, but mm. we have bad months too. Yeah. We, 
it's not all flowers and rainbows all the time. Right. Um, and she took that on. She, she's a woman of stability. Yeah. She knows what her paycheck's going to be. She budgeted. Um, she makes sure her ducks are in a row. Yeah. Way better than I could ever have. Yeah. And she came and said, hey, Jay, why don't you try this spreadsheet? Hey, why don't we try ordering it this way? Why don't you try going in a half hour earlier, staying a half hour late? Why don't you try to run this gift card special for Christmas? I can run a business. Yeah. I can tint my butt off. Yeah. But sometimes you need help. And I'm lucky yeah. enough from back in the day to starting the business from phase one, two, three, four, all the way to phase 500 I'm at now. I've had and been fortunate enough to have people in my life that have supported me. When they've looked at me and said, you are down and out yeah. or you're having a rough time for whatever situation, personal, business, finance, don't matter, to have them key people in my life to be able to pick me up or support me or just say, yo, wake up tomorrow, you got a fair shot at life again. Yeah. Wake up tomorrow, you got a fair shot at life again. And, and I mean, like I said, the hustle is mine, but the rest of it belongs to my mother, my father, my wife. Uh, even a little bit to my, my ex from years ago that helped me get through times, yeah. to my brothers, to to people that give you that support and get you through things. Yeah. My whole life has been adversity. Yeah. Mm. I was just, I was blessed to come into this world to a good family and I was stupid enough to mess that up. Yeah. And since the day I messed that up and went away and all that stuff, I've had to overcome so much. Your everyday little obstacles are my everyday mountains. Yeah. You're not a felon. If this doesn't work out, which I'm not saying it well, rotated yeah. views, if it doesn't work <laughs> out, you can still get a job at 65 places. Right. I can't. Right. You know? Um, not having a license for six years. Having to put the truck in an ex's name or a family member's name. Um, all that stuff. Yeah. The daily going to an estimate for your company that's finally starting to make it and getting pulled over for not using a turn signal, getting your truck impounded, paying two grand to get it out, Lose your license for another year. That was a struggle. Like, I couldn't even go to work as a regular person. I still had adversity. When things were going good, yeah. I was still paying for my past because yeah. I messed my credit up, because I messed my license up, because I messed my record up, because yeah. I messed relationships up. People came in my life seven years later that haven't seen me are like, you know what? I'm not going to 513 because he, he was a whole bunch of real bad words back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. He was cocky. He was whatever. Yeah. You know what? I still live with that today. I run into somebody like, oh, what are you doing? I'm five star telling you, yeah, I'm sure. It's probably awful that money you got when your car accident 15 years ago. Right. I still live with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still that. That's a chip on my shoulder yeah. that I'm proving I'm doing this on my own. Yeah. Now I get to do it with my wife um, and support of other people. But I carry those chips around when you see somebody out the bar and they're like, oh, it must be nice to be rich from a car accident 15 years ago. Right. I don't have that. I, I, right. I don't have that no more. Yeah. Right. Trust me. I mean, yeah. let me ask you a, real qu a question real quick. Semi-rhetorical, don't, don't go too deep. And, and, and this isn't for anything other than a strict purpose. What do you think of the bank account? A million, a hundred thousand, five dollars, negative fifty. The answer is you don't know. Right. Because when I'm down and out, you're not gonna know it. Right. When we have a ton of money in the bank account, you're not gonna know it. Exactly. My wife came in with the finance to help me with that. But it's a lot of humbling experiences that do I wanna show off to the people that yeah. naysayed me and said, Oh, you're still living off past settlement or this or that or you only are where you're at because your dad let you use his garage i'm i've been through more since i've been on my own than i have starting my own business getting to that first period but yeah. a lot of people don't know that yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a freaking winter tenor like no yeah. you know what i'm saying no. yeah. so so what's what's funny about um well not funny but interesting about what you just said it's 
people, I, I don't know, because I don't know if it's more of a visual thing that they physically saw you, you know, out of your dad's uh, garage. But I say this all the time. The reason why a lot of people are, won't accomplish things until they do this um, is because they're not utilizing their resources. Correct. Your dad was a resource. It's not Absolutely. saying because there's other people who have parents or other resources that are just standing there, but they're not tapping into it. Mm. Don't even realize that person or that thing is an actual resource. Yeah. So what are you going to be mad at someone who's actually tapping into their resources? Real quick. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet more people in my life that are supportive. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm trying to get out of my big fish in a little pond and go to the next phase. And I was fortunate enough to meet somebody. Uh, his name's Chris Levins, Levins Brothers. Yeah. Um, and then we took a ride along on a Sunday a couple weeks ago. Um, talking about life, next step, where do you want to be, the whole nine yards. I told him I might want to get into the housing, all that stuff. And he told me the one thing that stuck with me. I had already heard it. I've heard it in context. But for some reason, the way he said it, and he told me, you're only as good as your network. Yeah. Mm. That's, it, even back then, I might not be where I was at if I didn't have that network. Yeah. Now, everybody might have their own network. But you have to utilize that network. Exactly. You might have to call that favor. You might have to say, Jimmy Lee, I need this, or blah, 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 I need mm. that. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Asking for help isn't a bad thing um, if you do it the right way. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I was more scared of failure back then that I could swallow my pride and say, Dad, I need help. Not necessarily financially. Dad, I used to go in an office and pick his brain. Mm. Dad, I need help. I need to learn how to do this estimate. I need to, you know, what, whatever it was. Yeah. But ask for help in the right way. Absolutely. You know, and I utilized every single, I'm talking down to Scott Zeke, my old landscaper. Yeah. I went back after I had grown from landscaping and now was on my own business to ask him to borrow his truck or use his shop for something or, or his equipment, whatever it was, done in the proper way. Yeah. Networking will get you to that next level. Yeah, you can hustle as hard as you want, but if you know it, it, it can be a team thing sometimes. Yeah, I got here seventy five percent on my own. Yeah, but I utilized my dad's garage, yeah. my mother, my grandmother, my girlfriend, my this, my that, when I needed to. Yeah. I didn't just say from the gate and say I need this, 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 this from you all use and yeah. blow my load in one shot. Yeah, yeah. I when I really truly needed something. I was so motivated to not fail. Yeah. I would then say, how do I need help? Yes. I need this help. Who can help me? And yeah. out of these people who can help me, who's the most likely to help me? Who's the most, most likely to do it smiling? Who's the most likely to do it and then expect something back? Yeah. But then there was a whole process just to networking. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, you don't see that in small businesses. Yeah. You know, when you're in Walmart, you have a team of 900 people to do that stuff for you. Yeah. Sure. Here, I am the secretary. I'm the receptionist. Yeah. I answer the phones. I make yeah. the payments. I tint the cars. I go on the estimates. I answer Facebook, Instagram, email, Snapchat, which I've gotten jobs on Snapchat, yeah. regular mail, and then both phone lines. And then I clean the shop. I still take my own trash out. We sweep it. I still do everything here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it gets to be a lot, but... When, when you network, you have to network in the right way. So now where I'm at in this business is I feel like my next step is to move forward with maybe more employees, the shop that we're trying to build. Yeah. Now when I'm going to the shop, I'm thinking, hmm, 
am I gonna how am I gonna afford a hundred thousand dollar building on my own? Right. And now it's networking. So now I'm getting with these other people, builders, and all you know, and building that foundation for when I need that stuff done. Yeah. I'm six months to a year off from that. Yeah. I'm already forming relationships I feel like I'm gonna need in the future. Definitely. Whether it be a landscape or somebody from the township or whatever, you know. But that's that's where you can use that networking. Um, and it's a good thing. Yeah. So so explain um, how it went from five star tinting and graphics to <coughs> now we're walking into twenty nineteen. You're at this stage. Uh, you know the the new buildings in the plans. Um, you're expanding. You're talking about expanding your staff line. How did it go from uh, five star tinting and graphics to just simply five star tinting? Um, in twenty nineteen, it took uh, took a little bit of a rude awakening with taxes and some other things. Uh, I sat down with my wife. I sat down with my dad. I sat down with my accountant. Um, we went over my numbers. I've owned a business ten years. I do my regular stuff with accounting, all that stuff. Um, I've never looked at my numbers in a spreadsheet in detail. Every cent coming in, excuse me, every cent going out and figured out what our most profitable services we offered were. Yeah. Then we broke it down into time management. In the summer, when it's hot, we have anywhere from a week to a two week waiting period to get in here. Yeah. In the winter, it's an off season. We stay nice and steady, yeah. but you know we accept walk-ins. It's all good. So we had to figure out how to now, with a smaller shop, limited resources, a great location, how do we maximize and squeeze every cent out of what we've built? Yeah. And once we went over them in depth, spreadsheet after spreadsheet, meeting after meeting, sitting at my dad's counter, on the couch with my wife, and all the way up in Doorstown with my, uh, my other guy, we figured out that profit to time ratio is most abundant in tinning. Yeah. And we found out that when we are busy, we're taking vinyl jobs, we're taking estimates, we're doing this, that, and the third, and every time I'm not tinning, we are losing money. Yeah. So it, it really came down to the numbers and demand. We've built up a phenomenal repeat customer basis. Yeah. We have a good location. We're hoping for a new shop this year. Yeah. We have marketing. Finances are finally getting in order like yeah. profit and loss on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. Yeah. I know the scent that comes in yeah. and goes out. If we eat McDonald's, it's in the P&L. Yeah. I'm telling you, like learned yeah. it all. Um, the last thing we needed to was figure out how to organize and calculate to make the most money off of our talents. So we decided not really doing remote starts. We're not doing vinyl. We haven't done detailing in a while. We're not doing X, Y, Z jobs. We're not taking this. We do tinning and tinning only. Yeah. Our bread and butter is our shop. Our everyday customers, our loyal, loyal customers that come through the shop on a daily basis and get every car that they have tinted by us. Yeah. Then we do our flat glass, which comprises of uh, residential homes and commercial which we're we're very big in the city now uh we just we're down to eagle stadium again for the third time yeah comcast building drexel penn state um i could name a whole lot i don't yeah. know if i can because i sub for some other companies yeah um but uh our flat class is our big money maker um and our everyday bread and butter hustle 
blood, sweat, and tears is you pull a car in, you tin it to the best of your ability, you ship them out with a smile on their face, you remember their name, yeah. you send them something on Facebook, you ask them for a review, you see them out later, and they come back. And you treat them like, not like a big box store, yeah. you treat them like they're your friends. I yeah. built the business with my friends. Right. You know, like, like a barbershop. You're in a barbershop a lot. Yeah. When they sit in that chair, you find out how their wife's doing. Yeah. You know, you're in a barbershop chair for half hour. Right. It could take anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours to get your car tinted. Right. We talk, we hang out, we know our customers. Right. Every new customer comes in, we don't know their last name and all that stuff. Sure. But our repeat customers, we see them at the bar, we see them at an event, we see them at the tattoo convention. They're, they're everywhere. Like we've right. created customer base and that's how we're moving forward to our next step. Right. That's awesome. Um, perfect. All right, so I know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's it's all good. You um, have two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so my last. I didn't even go to the notes yet. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even touched the notes. No, we're good. Um, but I actually have last question. My last question for you is: What is your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their dream or start a business? Oh man, it's easy, but it's 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 not. Yeah. One, you gotta want it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You have to want it. Yeah. Just like anything else. You might need it. You might this. You might. You have to want it. You have to dig deep inside you and be willing to commit what is necessary to that next step. A job, opportunity, starting your own business is not easy. Yeah. I took a loss my first three years. Um, it is not, not easy. Um, for me, um, I would say drive, determination, perseverance, and heart. If you don't have them four things, you could have one, you could have a combination, you, you might get somewhere. Hmm. You have to be willing to go all in. Yeah. If you are hesitant, now there's certain things you can be hesitant about, but if you're not willing to do what has to be done, to take that leap of faith, to be able to say, I got this. You gotta believe in yourself. Yeah. If you want it bad enough, and you believe in yourself, the only person that can stop you is you. Mm. Yeah. You can't stop me from achieving my goals. You can't, they can't, they can't, because if I want it hard enough and I'm willing to do what it takes to get to that step, whether it's book smarts, whether it's reading, whether it's taking a test, whether it's what, what becoming, whatever it is that you wanna be and yeah. do in life, yeah. you might have to hustle a little bit harder. Yeah. You have to dig deep, yeah. you have to want it, and then when the time comes, you have to be able to do everything. Not 99%, not 100 out of 110 things, not, uh, left a little on the table. You have to be willing to go all in. Yeah. And it's not easy being a wife of an entrepreneur, as my wife is. Yeah. Some days we work 40 hours a week, some days we work 80. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it'll come down to who's around you, and you'll know right away. If you have the support and following, um, there will be a lot of haters. There will be a lot of negative influences. But learn to, like I said in the beginning, take that, that emotion, bottle it up. And when you're getting through the trenches of whatever it is yeah. that you need to get through to get to your next step, yeah. you open that little bottle up and unleash a can of whoop-ass, but your own kind, right. yeah. your motivation, whatever, right. whatever it may be. But you have to follow through. Yeah. You have to follow through. And if you do them a few things, um, it's not going to be easy. I I'm not going to lie to you. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. But it will be a little bit easier than going in blind. Hell yeah. Believe in yourself. If you think you can, then just do it. 
That's it. So Just say the it. so say the four words again. I have them tattooed on my hand and between my fingers. Um, first one's drive. I am very driven person. Uh, motivation. I let things just like my little bottles of what motivate me and yeah. use them properly. I, I get highly motivated yeah. when it comes to dreams and goals that I want. So you have to stay motivated. Don't get stagnant. Yeah. Don't get stale. Don't. Uh, you know what? We did good this month. We're just going to take a week off. There's no week off. Right. There's no days off. Right. You said no days off. Right. Stay motivated. Perseverance. I mean, we know what it means. I interpret it my own way. Like, no matter what you're going through, highs and lows, you have to keep chugging. Yeah. There's going to be good days. Yeah, there are a breeze. Cruise through them. Right. There's going to be bad days. You can't sit on the couch. You can't go on Facebook. Oh, so-and-so did this. It's not my fault. <laughs> you you got to per persevere through it. Yeah. Get through it. However you got to do, get through it. And heart. I have passion for what I do yeah. and everything. Yeah. Building a house, working on my truck, quadding, camping, what, anything that I do in my life, I put my heart into. Yeah. Because I believe in myself. Yeah. Because I have those four things and because I hustle a little bit harder every day. Not against anybody else, against myself. Absolutely. I know there's nobody in this world that can stop me. There's nobody except for me. Mm -hmm. So I keep focused and I should be good. Just like you, you, and you. Bam. All right, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Jay Mongillo, owner of Five Star Tinning. We like to wrap our episodes up with quotes, but let's let Jay... Jay, you said you have some quotes, right? Um, some of them aren't motivational. Some of them are just uh, within himself. Uh, one of them is uh, from a, a song from Wale. Uh, it's easy to dream a dream, but it's harder to live it. Yes. So just challenge yourself. We all have dreams. We all have goals. You know? Kick yourself an ass. Get up. Do whatever you got to do. It's easy to dream a dream. It is harder to live it. Yeah. Absolutely. So do them things we talked about earlier yeah. and turn them dreams into a reality. Right. Perfect. All right. And I'm going to rip it off with uh, Walt Disney and Oprah. And the first one is by Oprah. The biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams. The second one is by Walt Disney. All of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Uh, before we close out, Jay, I want to you know allow you to plug your business who you are where people can find you websites whatever it is uh five star tinning as you guys know we're right here on route 13 uh 2045 bristol pike Croydon, pa we're in between the Croydon train station and the bristol bowling alley or that big eyesore of a blue and white building that you pass by every day and don't notice yeah come stop <laughs> by we'll tint your car phenomenally um the facebook and instagram is five star tinning spelled out f-i-v-e star tinning uh Facebook has spaces, Instagram, no spaces in between. Perfect. All right, so there you have it, folks. Jay Mongillo, <laughs> five-star tinning. In this episode, we had special guest, owner, entrepreneur, uh, Jay Mongillo, and uh, we covered topics that range from entrepreneurship, small business, the art of tinning, and much more. We wrapped the episode up with quotes from Walt Disney and Oprah. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.